0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? source products with an app to get that first sale feeling it's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want so when you're ready to bring your idea to life power it up with shopify
3: sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com listen
1: all it'll cost you is the bolt i thought you didn't want the bolt i don't want the bolt now i need the bolt if war with Kronos is coming i'd like to be prepared not messing around here kid this only ends one way. The only question is how difficult you make it. Now, give me the bag. Nice pearl?
4: I accept your offer. Great, your first offer. We're gonna go get your helm. And when I get back, you're gonna let my mom go. Okay, hang on, kid. pull over now! <laughs>
5: All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Percy Jackson Prophecy. It's a podcast dedicated to the Percy Jackson show on Disney Plus, so let's hold fast and brave the storm.
2: Hello everybody, and I am one of your hosts, Reese. That's right, and I'm your other host, Mary Larson. For those of you who are new, welcome. We are in the penultimate episode of covering Percy Jackson on Disney+. Plus. We are so excited. This is the second to,
5: to last, last episode of season one we're hoping they could start out season two soon I know. but uh, we shouldn't get our hopes up because that signs
2: can <laughs> cause drinksing. yeah but we're, we're gonna cross our fingers i have very good feelings about this usually by now a series might have announced when the second season is coming out but we're we're holding fast we're braving the storm right buddy yep we also want to remind our listeners that on this podcast
5: show, it this is spoiler free. So we just wanted to throw it out there to anyone who is new to this podcast that if you think that this podcast is spoiler free. It's safe, it's, for, it's you, safe right? for you, right? It's so safe for you, right? So Reese has
2: read the books, right, buddy? If you,
5: yeah. And but I haven't. So if you know someone or if you yourself haven't read the books, This is a safe podcast I'd listen to.
2: That's right. All right, let's get into the show. Kicking things off, Reese, what details can you tell me about this episode?
5: Um, The title of this episode was We Find Out the Truth. Sort of. Sort of. And
2: what's a mini recap? So a mini
5: recap of this episode is like Our heroes begin like our heroes journey across the underworld and bargain for their safety with the
2: god of the dead dun, dun, dun. <laughs> not great right this was such an epic episode we've been in different environments whether it is a school or an apartment or a small building or even camp camp which can seem big but when we were placed here in the underworld it was a completely different environment different sounds different visual things that we are able to see you and and I complimented the visual nature of this episode so much. They really built out the underworld into this gorgeous place. Reminded you, you said of Hollow Earth, right?
5: Uh-huh. What's like, Hollow Earth? Um, the Godzilla mo- in the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, for those who haven't seen it before, mm-hmm. it is... Hollow Earth is the center of the world, but not like lava or anything you know of. It's the home of all the titans, but we'll skip that part. It looks like it. <laughs> it looked like Because It was Hollow vast. Earth, Hollow Earth had once, like one floor on the bottom and the other at the top, and the underworld had the same thing. Yes. And I also noticed that at Hades Palace, it is just made of, of plain obsidian.
2: What's a obsidian?
5: Obsidian, for those who n- play Minecraft, you know that is?
2: I don't play Minecraft. I know.
5: I'm selling those for the people who play. And obsidian is a kind of rock that's mel- well, it's welded together by diamond and lava. If you Whoa. craft that together, it'll make a dark, shining rock kind of mineral that shines like a diamond but is black.
2: Whoa. So that's what you got to see a lot of when it was in the underworld. And I agree with you, Reese. The sky looked like it was his own firm ground there was firm ground on the bottom but the sky also had that and I agree it looked a lot like we've been watching a lot of Godzilla versus Kong or not Godzilla versus Kong yeah Godzilla, Godzilla. versus yeah. this is
5: Godzilla trilogy. <laughs> okay
2: yeah it did remind me of Hollow Earth alright so we've got some details to share so- right so Next up, it's time for my dad. And
5: if you guys don't know my dad, you better listen to with the other podcast because he is right up next with my mom on the host of other shows like Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and House of the Dragon and Bridgerton and all others on Marion Blake Media. And you can find all of this at, and more at MarionBlake.com. Now it's time for Dad's Tea deals say get away
1: thank you reese it's time for my favorite part of this podcast it's the one where i'm featured (laughs) it's because i'm awesome i know i know dad's details here we go dad's like
2: hades (laughs) (laughs) this
1: this episode was directed by anders engstrom you should know that name by now because Uh uh, this gentleman directed episode 103 and 104 and it was written by a guy named Andrew Miller, uh, who has other shows or TV films that he's famous for, uh, including the show Backstroke and the TV film. Uh, Tremors as well. So Tremors is actually a TV film that's after that Tremors series that uh, Mary, you and I grew up with. Although I doubt you watched that.
2: I did not watch it.
1: No, I don't think you, I don't think you would have. Yet. Tremors is a great movie. Okay, it's fantastic. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I, I always love doing Dad's details. Yes, because of the directors and the writers and all the little things that go into the show. But um, one of my favorite things to do is talk about what makes a television show or movie. What it is, how they craft it, why they craft it, and what I want to talk about today uh, is something called tension. Right. Well, it, first of all, let, let's actually let's actually step back a little bit. The show first did something that is a Mary and Blake media commandment, which Mary, we know, uh, is very important to what we do here. That probably the most important Mary and Blake commandment is bookending. Once again, the show has done some bookending here uh, with Sally and Hades. And uh, they talk about Sally's line was, it's, you know, this is going to happen. It's just a question of of how difficult you make it. And Hades is the one that says it again, albeit in a little bit of a different form. But book ending here is important because it helps provide tension to what the show is trying to accomplish, right? It's putting Percy in a position where he has to hear the same words as Mother Heard, but in a different context, right? And then also, the tension is really important because tension is, think of it like this. When you pull on a rope and you pull it really tight, right? That is tension, right? Eventually, that tension gets too tight and it snaps, right? Mm-hmm. So, what a writer has to do is, or the director, the writer and the director have to provide enough tension so that when you're watching it, it feels like, oh man, I, this is really important. I feel really tense. I feel really nervous. But they don't want to do it too much because it'll break. It'll break the story. And you don't want that. So you have to have a release. So what, my favorite part about the tension in this episode is the fields of Asphodel. Because we get a chance to learn something about Annabeth that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. She regrets something. Uh, but we don't know what that is yet. And the show made a really interesting choice in showing us that she has this regret without telling us that she has this regret. Intention's really important because when you go into any scene, you want to make sure that there's some sort of conflict, right? There's always something that is happening that is pushing our, pushing your characters forward. And in this case, Annabeth can only go so far without recognition of her regret. And it's really important that we had this. And it's really important that we get a chance to see that because Mm -hmm. in this scene, anything can happen. Annabeth could die. Uh, Percy could die. Grover could say, what's your regret? And lose control of himself. Maybe he has one. Maybe he has some sort of regret. And it's, you know what? It's genuinely scary. Genuinely scary for both the visuals and what they're trying to show you as well. That was my favorite part of this episode. Awesome. You're welcome.
2: Thank you so very much for sharing it. No we appreciate problem. you so much. It is my pleasure. Oh, we know. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank all of those of you who've taken the time to write us a written review in your podcast app. Written reviews help newcomers find the show and get to know what it's about. And as I said, and you just said recently, but we've talked about it in the past, Reese, our podcast is one of the few spoiler-free Percy Jackson podcasts out there. So it's a safe podcast to share with just show watchers, or if someone in your family, like Reese, has read the stories and knows all the good stuff, but you want to make sure you can listen to it around other people, it is a safe one for that. So if you haven't written a review yet, we would love for you to write us one, particularly an Apple Podcast. No matter where you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts is the easiest way for people to find us. So you can head on over there and leave us a couple of sentences. Uh, we really appreciate it. So this week, we want to thank our newest review who comes from Sugipop. S-U-G-I-O-P. So hopefully I pronounced that correctly for your username. What did the person write, Reese?
5: And they're tight in it, Larson Family Gold. They
2: did. Larson Family Gold. This person wrote in saying, I'm a longtime fan and nerd clan member of Mary and Blake Media Podcasts, beginning with Outlander, Loving the Potterverse, and many of their other podcasts. I enjoy their approach so much that I have watched a few series I might not have chosen just because they were following them. When I heard Mary was co-hosting a new podcast on the Percy Jackson series with her son, I resubscribed to Disney to watch with them. Ten-year-old Reese is doing an outstanding job co-hosting and sharing his extensive knowledge of the books, the series, and Greek mythology. I've recommended this podcast to my daughter because I think he's a great role model for my grandsons, who are six and eight. Keep it up, Larson family. Looking at you too, Felicity, they write in, and Disney take notice thank you so much for this kind review what do you think of that review buddy that was good that was very very kind and you know really also people are noticing your extensive knowledge of greek mythology which we're going to talk a lot about that in this episode as many greek myths were shown in this episode but before we do that buddy what time is it for it's time for our trident rating and what is our trident rating so
5: Triant rating is where we rate each episode on a scale of 1 to 5. You might have seen my mom and dad do this on their other podcast Mm -hmm. uh, for the same kind of way. And, for instance... One, being the absolute worst, being tied in a bed at Cro- Procrustus's waterbed palace forever and dying in the worst worst play. And five, being the best, you have defeated Hades and you've teleported out of the underworld alive. Good. So, what's your <laughs> try and score, Mom?
2: I'm giving this episode a 4.9. You know, I'm just going to give it a five. I'm giving it a five. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And I know that I'm going to enjoy the next episode even more so, but I got to tell you, I enjoyed being in the underworld. I enjoyed the flashbacks. So big, whopping five. How about you, Reese? What is your trident rating for this I episode? Give it a 4.9. Nice. Very high, very high episode. Our GBGs, our goods, our bads. And our greats for the episode, my good for this episode was Sally Jackson's burnt offering, as I too would love me some chocolate fudge in a hot fudge Sunday. And so I think that that's really neat. Of course, we got to see the campers burn food as offerings to get attention from the gods. We got to see Percy, of course, try to do this when he was trying to communicate with his dad. So I really liked that Sally, a mother of a demigod, was able to do this to communicate with Poseidon. I think that's a really neat thing that they were able to portray. My bad in this episode is, once again, it was a tad dark. So if you saw this on a screen that wasn't great with clarity or if you watched it at all during the daytime, some of the scenes in the underworld were a little difficult to watch. And I, it's tough because sometimes I enjoy that. I think it really helps envelop us into the world. And Intention. Get to, it's intentional. But on the flip side, if you're watching it and there's glare... It takes you out because you can't see what's going on. So that's one of the difficulties that I think I've had multiple times in this series. And if we watch it downstairs with the lights off or at night, not a problem. My great is I loved this characterization of Hades. I was not expecting to enjoy Hades. I've been kind of nervous about seeing him. And I think that he was a really fun guy. I loved how they did it. Reese, what's your GBG? So my good is how, like you, mom,
5: how Hades was portrayed. I like the way he walked. I like the way he looked and spoke. He. He just came off charming. He came off like a god. Mm. He d- he came off like he didn't care if he ruled the entire world. He didn't care, like he didn't like he didn't even know the entire weight of the underworld was on his shoulders. He was just ah, he was carefree. He was just like, and then and when he said, "I as you can see, it's all rainbows and candy canes down here." Oh, that made me laugh.
2: <laughs> so you found Hades approachable, friendly easygoing not like the way i pictured him agreed same the god of the underworld i expected someone with skulls and very big almost like airy size and this guy was kind of smaller and just really friendly hey you want some pomegranate juice all right what was your bad for this episode
5: Percy in the car, it was too sad for me. I just could not handle it. That moment was just In the like, beginning of the episode when his Yeah, it was just
2: like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. This sad? Okay, so you're talking about the flashback with Percy being pulled up to his mom. This was actually the scene that he- Hermes was referring to back in the Lotus Casino when he touched... He touched Percy's hand and he said, "You know, we've all had times where we can't help but hurt each other, and we can't stop it as parents." And he touched Percy's hand, and that's what this was a flashback to. And so, what this is showing us is Percy's really thinking about that. And what you actually, Reese, you said you didn't want to watch this part again. You said it makes me too sad. Why did it make you too sad? What about this this scene? Because I'm I'm going to tell you, buddy. I appreciate that it made it it was too sad for you, but They did that on purpose. They wanted you to feel things. Why, for you, as a 10-year-old, was this sad to watch? It was
5: just so emotional. Like, there was so much emotion going on. Like, Percy, like, yelling and saying, I will not go. It was just too much for me. And then all that tension building.
2: How did you feel about Sally in this scene?
5: Um... I think she ha- was having a kind of hard time with um young Percy just saying I will not do this. I am not going. He was acting stubborn and I think she was just feeling a little overwhelmed. Mm. Who
2: do you think was right or was anyone right? Um no. <laughs> no what? I don't know. I don't think every anyone was right in this was this able to show what Hermes was talking about? Yes. How sometimes you can hurt the people you love and you have to make these difficult decisions? I agree. What was your great for this episode? So my great.
5: It was just like the exciting end with Ares coming up and he's like having this like five foot long sword in his in his hand like like pulling over his back and at the base it had like like two pairs of spikes mm. like one on one side and the other on one side. And there's two pairs of those. It was just cool looking. And like how the tension just built and built. Mm-hmm. And Percy just takes out his sword.
2: And they just... um. I didn't, we, we didn't see them fight. We didn't see them fight. But you're saying you loved that really suspenseful cliffhanger ending. You enjoyed that. You're ready to see this. And of course, you're being a book reader. You know what is going to come. Well, it's time to delve into this episode. And as I said earlier, Reese... This episode had a lot of Greek myths that can go over book reader, uh, sorry, can go over non-book readers' heads like myself. I have not studied Greek mythology. I also have not read these books. So sometimes the trio say things or they meet people and it's said very quickly, but I know that there's more to it. And We start this episode with Percy going into a waterbed shop where he meets Procrustes, who is Procrustes? We get told he's the murderer of travelers, a fellow son of Poseidon, which makes him Percy's half brother. Talk Yo. about awkward! So, what is the myth about Pro- Procrustes? So Procrustes was a little
5: was younger, and in the myth, he was in the peak of strength and happiness, and he really enjoyed murdering his guests with his beds. So in the myth, no, in the
2: in the ancient Greek myth, yeah, do you I know, know? Okay, I know, and.
5: And he, it mainly interferes with Theseus traveling back from Crete to Athens, mm-hmm. and he met some pretty bad bad guys. And well, where does Procrustus progress. hang
2: out? I
5: have no idea. They didn't say. Does he say hang him.
2: out before the underworld does I... he guard the underworld? A no, little he bit? doesn't. No, he's... he
5: actually just hangs around somewhere out of nowhere. It's just he just snatches up travelers. that's yeah. So he all he also lures them with. Over, um, like, what is it? I forget the word. Like, hospitality. Oh. In, in ancient Greece, hospitality was just everything to the Greeks. Okay. A weary traveler comes up to your house and and asks for shelter and food. and You accept that offer. They respect your household and your
2: rules. Okay, so you were supposed to let people in, but he would but trick them.
5: Was, and that was a very good violation of Greek rule of ancient greek rule he was a wanted criminal for that Mm -hmm. and his trick was tricking people into the beds and using them to make it like him until theseus came along and slayed him with um, his own bed
2: well that's totally gross and i love that they made them water beds water beds aren't necessarily popular right now but back when i was a kid This was a cool thing. It was a bed full of water, kind of like, hmm. Bouncy? Bouncy, and it was encapsulated in this plastic thing. It was just like a big sack mattress, truly filled of water. And you'd lay down, and you'd be able to rock and roll and... If people, this was a big deal. Like, if your parents had a water bed, oh, you would go and you would tell everybody at school, and everyone thought it was really neat. But they're not really that popular. anymore <laughs> now. What they happened? Were, uh, I think probably some popped. Probably people couldn't relax that well. And if you got into a bed with somebody else, the whole bed would just jiggle and shake and slosh everywhere. So I don't think they ended up being as wonderful as everyone thought they would. You know what weirded me out? What Procrustes said. What? He said, you've got dad's eyes. (gasps) How do you know? Well, because it's the same dad. I know, but how do you know what he looks like? Well, he probably has seen his dad a couple of... Oh, well, in this show, we have to know that he believes that he has dad's eyes. And Percy and Annabeth trick him. Annabeth shoves him onto his own bed. With a mattress, like, just... Wraps around him. That's right. And the trio goes off into the back office. And you notice something about Grover at this point. What he was Grover sh- doing? Picks his horns. He was picking his horns. Why is he picking his horns? And he gets how would nervous. you relate that? Yeah. Remember back when that Back when in episode two. Mm-hmm. What
5: happened? Um he meets this um, wood nymph, maybe his mother, and she says,
2: you've been picking at your horns again. And what would that be like me saying to you nowadays? Biting, stop biting your fingernails. Yep. So we all have little nervous things that we do, whether it's words, whether we move, whether we bite our fingernails. And this is Grover's way of, of biting his nails and being nervous. And what's really neat is that Annabeth sees this. She doesn't say, hey, Grover, start picking. You're nervous. She can see it. She's been one of his good friends for a long time. And she gives him a squeaky ball. And a squeaky ball is kind of like a fidget toy for him, right? So she can just tell that he needs to busy his hands. He needs to do something because he's got a lot of extra energy. And at this point, it's probably anxious energy. And she can just tell. And she gives him that squeaky ball. And um, until now,
5: until later... That ball is going to turn into a Cerberus' chew toy.
2: <laughs> it's a good thing that she gave it to him, right? Because it does. It does turn out to be quite a useful distraction with Cerberus. And but before we, get they to get Cerberus? To, before we get to the underworld, the trio each divvy up and take a pearl. Percy has two. And then we are put into Hallow Earth. And Percy says, we're not in Kansas anymore. Do you know what that's in reference to? No. Okay. So Annabeth didn't know what it was in reference to. And young Percy, back in his car, remember his mom, she pulls up to the Academy and she says, we're not in Kansas anymore. And Percy goes, huh? She said, oh, I thought we watched that movie. You don't know what movie she's referring to? No. Do you remember The Wizard of Oz? Yes. So in The Wizard of Oz, which we've we've definitely watched The Wizard of Oz, probably not a ton of times, but we've watched it before and we've also listened to Wicked, the musical. Dorothy is from Kansas. And that's where she has the tornado and it picks up the house with her Uh little dog, Toto. And when they land in Oz, she looks at Toto and she goes, we're not in Kansas anymore because she realizes we're somewhere else. So it's a very common phrase when people realize they're in a very different environment. Like if you and I went to Antarctica, Reese, it would not be like how it is in Rhode Island. So we could say, Ugh, we're not in Kansas anymore. So that was one of the things that Percy learned from his mom and it kind of reminds him and he's been thinking about his mom a lot since he left Hermes and obviously, I mean, his mom's just been snatched from a minotaur. So he's just been thinking about her a lot because they're heading to the underworld where she's taken. But I loved how Annabeth had no idea and she goes, yeah, we were in Kansas four, four days ago. Get with it. They see uh, Charon Let's get into the myth. Who's Charon? I have no idea, actually. What? I don't know Charon's myth. You don't know the guy that takes you on a boat across the river um, Styx? I know he
5: does that. It's just there's no myth about him. I don't know. It's like, it's like a mystery. We don't know how he began, how he started doing the underworld But that's his thing. job. That's yeah. who they're talking about. Yeah. That's who
2: they can see. And so he's the one that's on that boat and takes the dead people to the underworld. And he has his whistle that can summon... Oh, the dog! But before we do, the the kids go through the line, and it was pretty funny that line because you could think that it was kind of gross. All these people are dead; they're just waiting. They don't look dead. They didn't look dead. They looked completely boring. They had elevator music, just like happy waiting music, and Percy. (laughs) Percy's just cutting line. He's just pushing people out of the way. And he says, only suckers wait in line. You should spend time, with, more time with me in the city because Grover feels bad. He feels bad that they're pushing everybody and cutting. And Percy says, only suckers wait in line. So I think that that was neat. I like I like Percy's humor. Percy's able to bring humor, even when he's in a sea of dead people. I wait in lines. And he goes up and Karen says, kind of. you can't be here how does he know you're not dead how i mean it's pretty obvious they're not dead he says you're not dead and percy says well we're all dying to some extent and he says and you haven't paid so you're not dead and you haven't paid they give him all the drachmas and here (laughs) he blows a whistle and percy says here you can have all the drachmas maybe you can buy yourself a new whistle and then
5: we start hearing growling and roaring from behind a, like maybe a portcullis do you know why they couldn't hear the whistle buddy um, and dog whistles sometimes. Yes,
2: dog whistles are such a high pitch that humans can rarely hear it. It's very, very faint dogs, and you hear it off. And that's when we get Cerberus. So,
5: tell us a little like a bit mastiff. about Cerberus. So, Cerberus is one of the other children of Echidna and Typhon. He was... Okay, so
2: Echidna, the lady we met on the train... Yeah, and she had the uh, Chimera. Chimera. Let's, oh, let's skip that. Okay, so, so they're basically Sirpros, half
5: like half siblings. And Cerberus is another one of a yeah. monsters. And as a puppy, he was found by Hades all alone. This poor, this poor three-headed dog Aww. puppy, like just sitting there, like in the middle of Greece, crying. And Hades decided to take him in. At, under his wing and making the guard dog of like the underworld and he fed on quite a lot of big stuff because he turned into like twice the size of a mo- of a woolly mammoth. <laughs>
2: he's a giant, giant dog. And I think he's a mastiff. Uh this one is based upon a Rottweiler. Um I think it was a cute looking Cerberus, I'm not gonna lie. But there's different iterations, there's different versions. This was actually the inspiration for Fluffy. In oh. Harry Potter. So we know that we had a three-headed dog but, who would be calmed down yeah. to music. And in this show, how does Cerberus get calmed down? Um, with pets. With pets. After, of course, Cerberus eats Grover, we were shocked when we saw Cerberus running. And just she looks at oop, Grover. Just gobbled and it, him it, right and up. On the left head. And then Annabeth pets the dog. And how does she know how to pet the dog? She had obedience school when mm-hmm. she was still with her dad. When she was with her dad. And I think this is a really interesting point. I think buddy. that's a regret. Ooh, okay, I was just gonna go into this. Let's why do you think this is her regret? Because she thought of her father and
5: that made her sad. And I think that's the reason. Like yeah. thinking about that. She's like, I push that aside and then she's like, Oh my god, I can't move.
2: Yeah. So we we delve into regret a lot in this episode. Percy probably has some regrets. His mother has some regrets. But Percy doesn't get rooted into this place. Annabeth definitely does And I bet you her petting I think it's the dog—big regrets. Her petting the dog probably, yeah, reminded her because she comes on up and She's crying a bit. And she kind of brushes it off and throws the dog ball, and it goes right
5: into the sticks. And
2: Cerberus <laughs> just like chases
5: it, and he does this like just. Gums upward on its two legs, then slants it back down and just keeps chasing
2: the ball. This is the first time that we also... Not the first time, but this is another mention of Annabeth talking about her mortal father. We've learned a lot about her mother, who's Athena, and she's pushed Annabeth aside. But she's talking now kind of about a fond memory that she had with her mortal father. We get another flashback, and we're inside the school this time, buddy. And... Sally Jackson is talking to the headmaster, and he's saying, hey, uh, I know you're here, but we can't take your kid. He drew a winged horse, a.k.a. a Pegasus, and we've heard a lot of bad stuff about him, so you can't bring him here anymore. And how is Sally reacting?
5: No, you no, you cannot. I have the application right here. And he's like, I'm sorry. we Have you suggested homeschool? She's like, homeschool like Mm -hmm. it's the worst thing in the world
2: why would it be the worst thing in the world it's
5: unsafe for him in the city There are like monsters following him and that's when we go off why do you
2: think sally didn't tell percy this at that time so percy Um, looks maybe seven years old or so
5: i don't know why for safety like the more he knew about monsters the more monsters they attract and uh, with the scene of poseidon she says uh, um, when he grows up there will not only be pretty things following him mm-hmm. as we can see in the first episode we see like a bronze rhino mm-hmm. and that's kind of it along with the pegasus
2: this bit where Sally calls upon per- Poseidon and burns the offering and gets to talk to him was one of the most emotional parts of the episode I absolutely loved it and we're going to delve into it more after this word from our sponsors <music> The sponsor for these episodes has been D&D Adventure Club, which is a monthly subscription of Dungeons and Dragons adventures built for beginners like myself. They're amazing stories and designed for kids, families, and honestly, anyone interested in starting a game of D&D. A new adventure arrives in your mailbox every single month. There's streamlined rules, there's an amazing design, pre-built characters, and truly it lets anyone pick up the game to start telling stories today. The thing with D&D Adventure Club is that you can truly immerse yourself in this game without being overwhelmed. If you are like me and are new to Dungeons & Dragons, there's a lot of rules, my friends. And you need someone to kind of hold your hand through it. And if you don't have a local group or a friend who knows how to play, it can be overwhelming. And if your kid is like Reese and wants to play and is interested inside this kind of a game... I'm here to tell you D&D Adventure Club is where it's at. So you can go to their website and use the coupon code Mary20. That's mary Y tw- two zero. Once again, mary Y two zero to get 20% off your first order. All right. So we were talking, buddy, about Sally Jackson talking with Poseidon. And she's telling him, I am so concerned. I don't know what to do. They don't want him at this school. I can't take him home.
5: And then she says... Do you want to talk to him? Just hear his voice. And Poseidon just looks over and sees Percy, in like, in that like painted glass window. And he's like, "I'll be there for him when he's ready." Do you like
2: that? <sighs> it hurt my heart, Reese. It hurt my heart when that happened. She said, "Do you want to just speak to him? Just so you can hear his voice." Before Poseidon came in. What was the weather when Sally was sitting sunny. with Yep, when Sally was sitting with Percy and he's eat, he has his little Sunday. If you look outside the windows, they're sunny. They're bright. There's light coming through. And then Sally goes to the counter, does her little burnt offering, and immediately thundering and rain. Yep, tons of rain. And you see the light from the windows change. And so we of course hear the rain and we understand that Poseidon's able to come in with the rain. There wasn't any thunder yet. The thunderclap actually happened when Poseidon turned to go look at Percy. And I thought that this was really interesting because Poseidon of course under understandably we get the rain, but thunder isn't Poseidon thing. Thunder is Zeus, Zeus's thing. Ze- yeah. So maybe why would Poseidon hear the thunderclap and be afraid to go talk to Percy? Cuz Zeus saying, "Brother, don't do it." Yes. So think about that. He's sitting next to Sally. She's saying, please just go meet your son. Go, and he may go be thinking that,
5: like, I just want to see my kid for a minute. Yep. And just like, don't do it, brother. Yep. Don't do it.
2: So this is. these are these little things that... As we as phrases, you blink and you miss it. Go back and watch that scene. You're gonna see the lighting change. You're gonna hear the rain, and there's no thunder until Sally says, "Please go meet your son. Go listen to his voice." And he turns as if maybe he will. Maybe he will go finally see Percy, and the thunderclap happens. And I think that this is such an interesting, beautiful way that it's letting us know almost subconsciously that something is holding him back. But like you said, Reese, we get that over of when he's ready. One day I will meet this kid, and uh, that's of course how we how we end the episode. But let's get back to being haunted, haunted by regrets. I think everyone has regrets. Every, Especially me. Well, no, I'm talking about in the show. We we all as humans also have regrets, but everybody does. It's part of being mortal, part of being human. But I'm talking about the trio. What do you think Grover might regret?
5: Uh, picking at his horns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a little regret, but maybe what happened with Talia? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Percy. What What could be something that Percy regrets? Uh, Being mad at his mom. Yeah, yelling at his mom. And what do you think Sally regrets? Being not by Percy's side at all the time. Yeah, can the gods regret things? Yes. Yeah, and I think that... I think Poseidon's
5: is like, I want to see my kid, my brother won't let me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sad about that. I regret not doing it. I yeah. should've just went with my own self. With the gods, and Emma says, with the gods, you know what to do. But Poseidon is a god, but he can do what he wants. And why don't you let? Why do you let your younger brother tell you what to do? Yeah. He's your younger brother.
2: What can you tell me at, about the Asphodel Fields? Do you know anything else more about that, or um, do you know what was just explained in the episode? Asphodel.
5: It's supposed to be like for the people in the underworld who didn't really do anything good or bad in their life it's just nothing and they are haunted by regrets and rooted to their spots Mm. i think it like just like um men like just won't move Mm. i didn't actually mean like i didn't think it actually meant like rooted yeah and, and i think these trees are actually once used to be people that would be
2: wild, right? Because they are they're in a forest. So to see all those other trees, maybe they were people. It reminds me a little bit about Thalia, about how she's a tree. Um, she didn't have regrets though. Well, maybe she did, right? We haven't gotten to meet her in the show, but it just was interesting to me that as Thalia was turned into a tree, Annabeth now started to get some roots and be turned into a tree. While Thalia Well, excuse me, while Annabeth is being rooted, Percy and Grover go on off and and Grover's shoes start to do something absolutely crazy. Now, remember, these shoes were originally from Hermes. Hermes gave them to Luke. Uh, Grover's wearing these shoes, and his shoes are taking him off, trying to pull him into this ginormous pit, which we find out is Tartarus. And Thank who's in Tartarus? goodness. Kronos. Oh, my gosh. Reese, I am so grateful that you told us a few episodes back the story of Kronos that Ares quickly told us, being the fact that he is Poseidon and Hades and Zeus's dad and he ate all these kids and he's crazy and they chopped him up into a million pieces and threw him into Tartarus but that is the hole that Percy realizes someone down there has been talking to him and has been calling to him and the shoes fly on off the shoes fly down to Tartarus and that's when Percy realizes he's got a giant lightning bolt in his bag
5: yeah the, the master bolt can I have a few words on that? oh my gosh please do and so I think the looks of the Master Bolt are um, actually pretty good. Like, there's a clear wall on each side of the Master Bolt, and I thought I saw little sparks of lightning inside.
2: You could hear it, too. It sounded like a little bit of electricity
5: and inside. I, heard, I, I saw like little flashes of it in the clear metal, mm-hmm. and I think that was good animation. I loved it.
2: I can't believe that Percy's been walking around with this lightning bolt in his bag and couldn't feel it. That thing looked heavy. No, 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 no. He just felt it. Oh, like okay, just it was now. just in that moment. He filled
5: out lots of times with that bag and yep. I hear
2: no clang. But you're right. Now that clang is there, it's showing on up. I thought it was very interestingly made. Near Tartarus. As like, just I, near Tartarus. It makes, you could see how it's a bit, um, you could see how it could be held. It wasn't what you would think of as just a regular lightning bolt. It was something. And you've talked about in the past how Poseidon, his weapon is a trident. A trident. Hades talks about his helm. I thought it was interesting that they didn't call it a crown. You know, he says, my helm, my helm, the thing that makes me invisible, and you guys stole it. So the helm is this crown, and we see it in the ending of the show when they show us all the different gods, and we have the music of Percy Jackson. So it is is—it's that crown kind of thing that he's referred to as his helm. And now we have the lightning bolt. So they go on over, and they've They make a really interesting decision right now. Percy pulls at the lightning bolt and Grover and he realize, we're done. We did it. We have the master bolt. Yes, we missed the deadline, but we've got it. Let's go give it to Zeus. Bada bing, bada boom, war is over. But they don't go to Zeus. Instead, they make the choice to go to Hades because they realize we're right here. It is time to still try to save. Percy, I mean, Percy's mom, Sally. And, and Grover even says, he's like, let's go save your mom. Zeus can wait. And they go on in to the Obsidian Palace, and they meet Hades. I like
5: the look of Hades. Like, he just came off charming. He could have came off like an evil bad guy with
2: with bad guy music in the background. But he came off good. Well, think about it. We've been seeing this person in Percy's dreams, kind of with the cloaks. You've talked about how this person has looked a little bit like a Dementor, you know, has had a big, scary voice and with all this flowing stuff. And instead, we've gotten just a guy just walking around in a, you know, tight suit, very kind of cool, like you said, really charismatic attitude. He says, are you hungry? Do you want some pomegranate juice? What, if, what did that mean, pomegranate juice? Uh, that was a really, in, like, just very specific thing to say. Um,
5: the pomegranate is actually the fruit of the underworld. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, it's because of the myth of Persephone. Should I do that myth? Uh, we'll
2: probably meet Persephone at some point. No, we she, don't. No, it's I know remember. not in this episode. It's summer, remember. Oh, what do you mean?
5: Um... Oh, because
2: the summer solstice just happened. So, Persephone...
5: No, 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 no. wait. Here you go. So, the myth of Persephone is, short story, that Hades kidnapped her from her mother Demeter, and Demeter got all angry and sad, so she stopped working her godly duty as goddess of agriculture and harvest, and the crops began to die. And Zeus decided to get Persephone back and give her back to her mother. Hermes did the deal, but Persephone did not want to leave. She's like, no, she she loved Hades. Yeah, I'm, she's like I'm good down here. And then a few days later,
2: it's all rainbows and candy canes down but here. Then,
5: but then things started to get worse, and things just began, The crops just kept and humans dying. to another extent began dying. Mm. And Hermes is like, and Zeus is like, okay, we got to do this seriously. Hermes, get her by force, by force with your hands, with your caduceus.
2: Okay. And so Hermes, Hermes rescues s- Persephone from no, Hades. H-
5: Hermes um, says, okay, Demeter. I mean, Persephone, you gotta go back to your mother. Humans are getting killed up here now. You, now you, and she's like, "Oh, now I know why there's so many dead people down here." More,
2: <laughs> and because they're starving and frozen. And, and then
5: Hades comes in, and says, "Okay, Persephone, before you go, have these pomegranate seeds." She eats a few of them, and you know what happens when you eat food from the underworld? No, I don't. You never, you never got out again. Oh. And she ate them, but she only ate a, a, two small hands, like two small ones. Okay. And she goes out. She goes back up up out of the
2: underworld. Goes into
5: Mount Olympus, and, and Zeus is like, good job. You, you did the right thing. And she does not like being treated like a little kid who was on a temper tantrum. Okay. And then they just decide to it a compromise. Mm-hmm. Demeter- what only so Demeter, who's in charge of the half, the crops. Yes. Yeah, so half the year, so as spring and summer, Demeter and Persephone would live together on the top of the land at the tip top peaks of Mount Olympus and all the surrounding communities. Henceforth,
2: and then, crops will flourish when Persephone is up the, up north. Flowers or, will bloom, everything goes green, and but in the winter, when Persephone goes and hangs out with her love Hades, um, things
5: just begin dying. Snow starts to fall. It goes icy cold. That is winter
2: and what's interesting yes. is that when we start when we watched this episode and Percy and Grover were walking into the into Hades's castle, essentially, uh, Felicity, your sister, said, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear Persephone. I can't wait to see her. And you knew right away you said she's not gonna be there because the summer solstice just passed, which means Persephone is above ground she's not in the underworld right now so that's really awesome buddy and thank you for telling us that if you eat pomegranate or sorry if you drink pomegranate juice you'd most likely have to stay dead yeah you'd have to stay down which Uh,
5: it's like okay you ate the food you're
2: staying down here good luck (laughs) survive the the boys percy and grover are saying okay we've got your bolt give me my mom back hades says i i don't want your bolts let's do this deal give me back my helm and uh, now they're putting two, two together, that it wasn't Hades. It was Kronos. That it was Kronos all this time. This, but what this, about his minion? Who then, was the minion? The, who stole the helm? All these different things. And Percy is faced with a choice. Hades, in this moment, says, listen, man, if Kronos has been talking to you in dreams, if Kronos has been trying to recruit you, you're in trouble. And I am more than happy to protect you. Give me the bolt. You can hang out here with your mom. We'll bippity boppity boo her back. Hey, I'll throw in the goat for free. The goat can stay with us too. But that's going to be the deal. You stay down here in the underworld and I will protect you. And this really think, was a really big deal. Remember, the big three are not supposed to have kids. Mm-hmm. The big three are like, um, they're like, okay, they, we're we're free guys. We're and, just gonna do our stuff. And Hades, especially, he just told us he doesn't get involved in Poseidon and Zeus's business. And yet he's saying, "I will protect you, Percy Jackson. Maybe he, I will protect maybe you." He already broke the pact. And yeah, I will protect you. I will protect your mom. I'll protect your goat friend. This guy's really and nice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that I expected Hades to be. More like Ares, I guess. And so for Hades to say he'll protect him. And when when Percy and Grover say, why do you want the bolt now? Why does he say he wants the bolt? Because in the beginning, he didn't want it.
5: He doesn't want it. He says, I need it. I don't want it.
2: Yeah. Why does he need it? Uh, to fight Kronos if he's coming back. This made me think that Hades is afraid of his dad. That he's afraid of Kronos because he didn't want anything to do with the master bolt. But now that he knows is his dad is communicating that his dad might be coming back, he wants whatever weapon he can get his hands on, including this master bolt, which is right here. I am shocked because I really thought Hades was going to be scary and mean and selfish like Ares. And yet here he is saying, oh, gosh. You're talking to my dad. That's bad news. Whatever weapons you have, I want them. And you know what? You could stay, stay here. Protect. You could stay with your mom. Get you could stay with alert, your goals. Uh, what uh, did uh, you think of this? Because you two said that you were surprised with how Hades was sh- shown in this show. I think I like Hades. Um, I think
5: of right now when you say that, I'm like, I think of like Red Coat Alert, evacuate the Deadland, uh, evacuate, <laughs> evacuate. <laughs> yes. And then I think of Hades as a really generous man. Um, in the myth, it doesn't portray him that generous. But now he's, I think of him as this really generous guy who cares about what, what he has for his job. And he, I think what, this would happen when Kronos arrives from the underworld and starts attacking the underworld. He'd be like, okay, guys, you need to evacuate this area.
2: Is Cronos is, is Tartarus, so Tartarus is the giant hole thing. Could arise. Is Tartarus in the underworld or yeah. is it? Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. I would I would want I would want to protect myself too if I were Hades. So I'm just excited about this. I hope he can melt Percy's mom. I kind of wanted him to melt her to be human form just a little bit so they could maybe hug. But you know what's really interesting, Bun? Mm-hmm. is in this episode we got to see Sally Jackson make a very difficult decision where she had to choose to leave Percy she doesn't want to put him in this academy she's afraid for him because there's scary things out there but she knows that this is the right thing to do Percy could have given the bolt to Hades and Hades would have given him his mom right then but and wouldn't there wouldn't that be a war starting thing And no. just like there's, out, already, there's already a war coming there's already a war coming Percy could have had his mom right then and there. No questions asked. Here you go. Here's the bolt. Here's your mom.
5: But Percy but doesn't Percy, want war. He's like, I miss. I'm gonna. I, I, I love my mom, but I right, right now, I need to deliver this bolt back. Why? I'll give you a deal. I'll get your helm back. Mm-hmm. You can give me back my mom. I'll have the bolt to Zeus, and things will
2: be fine. Because he has to do the right thing, just like his mom had to do the right thing. And, when, and even though they had to leave each other, even though it was painful. Sometimes doing the right thing does cause pain to people for a little bit, right? Mm hmm. Oh, my goodness. A lot of, lot of really intense things happen in this episode. They have the pearls. They go back. They're on the oh, water. And like you said, the trio gets up. And who do they see? Aries. But Aries with his giant sword. Oh, my this, gosh. And
5: it is in this letter duster. Le- what? in his leather duster. He, oh, it's his like,
2: leather coat? And
5: I saw finally, and the end of this, I saw that leather at the bottom where the, where the wheels might be is
2: kind of brown burned. Oh, because you were talking about how if you rode a motorcycle with that long coat, it would have gotten burned? Yeah, I think I they see were a little burned, saying. but they're not. Okay, well, we definitely left off on a cliffhanger like you said, buddy. Lots of emotions and you could see the humanity in all of this. I... I don't like any of the gods right now. I like Annabeth. I like I like like Hades more. I like Hades. Hades is which is pretty sad. Actually the first (laughs) god that we've seen is nice. Yeah, and I feel a little bit for Poseidon, but I still I'm not the biggest Poseidon fan just yet. Okay. Hades I'm a fan of. Grover I'm a fan of, and I'm actually warming up to Annabeth. I feel like she just needs a big hug and maybe some snacks and maybe a dog. Hey, because a dog can help a lot of people. Maybe she can keep Cerberus for a while. Yeah, you know, not a, not a bright puppy. All right, buddy, it is time for our listener feedback. Kicking things off in studio is Felicity, who she believes her... Godmother as a demigod uh, would be Athena, thanks to arts and crafts. So, Felicity, what is your GBG? You're good, you're bad, you're great for this episode. So, my good is that I've never seen Hades,
4: then, other than the theories of every single Greek myth that I've heard. Mm-hmm.
2: And my bad so is wh- that. So, what is Hades usually portrayed as in the other Greek myths and the other ways you've portrayed him?
4: In the other Greek myths, he's described as. Um, gloomy, he's mean, he is just very not a bright person.
2: Oh, okay. And so you thought that this was a very different description and you liked this version of Hades? Yeah. What was your bad for this episode?
4: My bad is that Percy has to find Zeus's master bolt and he has to give a helmet for Hades for his mom.
2: He has two new things. So he has to go find something else. It, he just went all this way to find the bolt. Now he has the bolt. He has to go give it to Zeus, who's on the other side of the country. And now he has to go find something else. Oh, he's got a lot of work, huh? And there's yeah. only one more episode to do it. And What is your great for this episode?
4: My great is the chat that Sally had with Poseidon. Why is that your great? What was so important to you in that chat? It was just important to me because this is how I feel like um, when Dad... And you are trying to, to discuss something mm-hmm. and you're trying to um, agree on something and yeah.
2: So you just thought it was a really neat way to see two adults and two parents discuss something that's tough and difficult about a kid? Yep. How did it make you feel? What did that conversation make it, you feel?
4: It made me feel happy and sad.
2: Wow, complication, right? Yeah. Thank you so much, City. Our next listener feedback is from Rachel.
3: Hi, Reese. Hi, Mary. This is Rachel from Colorado. Um, I am calling about the Percy Jackson series. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. You guys are um, helping kind of break down what's happening um, in a great way that's very accessible. Um, so keep up the good work. Um, Reese, I'm also equally impressed with um, your knowledge of different Greek myths and is helping me relearn things that um, that I love as well. Um, I read these books a long time ago with my little brother, and so we've been rewatching the series together, and it's been awesome. Um, I love Greek myths and Roman myths so much that um, I studied that in college. Um, and so I hope that this can spark, um, a lifelong passion for you to learn about all things, ancient, ancient Greece, ancient Rome. Um, so keep up the good work. Um, and you guys are awesome. Thanks.
2: Bye. Isn't that so cool, buddy, that when you grow up, whether it's in high school or in college, you can actually study Greek myths and all of this, Different mythology for classes, like full classes, not just a little bit, not just a little bit in social studies or English class, but that could be your entire semester could be on a class on Greek mythology. What would you what would you think about that?
5: It would be awesome. It would be
2: so amazing. Right? Yeah. So cool. I love that. Thank you so much for calling in, Rachel. And here is our next listener feedback.
0: This is Maureen calling from Scotland about uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, episode seven, I really liked this episode. My GBGs are that my good was using the squeaky toy to um, distract Cerberus. I thought that was um, funny and smart uh, on Annabeth's part. My bad was the cinematography in this episode because it was really dark Mm -hmm. to the point that I wondered if either my TV was not working (laughs) properly or I needed to go to the eye doctor. Yep. Um, I think what happened is that it was shot in a way that was just too dark and then they tried to fix it in post-production but the computer wizards did not manage to make it look okay. (laughs) And so it ended up really looking sometimes almost blurry, Mm -hmm. especially when the characters were moving. Uh, But then my great was that we finally got to meet Poseidon, and I really like the actor who plays him. His name is Toby Stevens. And uh, Reese, if you don't know that, here's a fun fact for you. He In real life, he is the son of Maggie Smith, who played Professor McGonagall in the Harry Potter series. So there's that um and uh one last thing uh reese i think you're doing a tremendous job on this podcast and i think it's really exciting that you get to do it with your mom
2: all right love you guys bye thank you so much buddy you got a nice fun caller from scotland and so did you understand what marie just said she said you're a wizard harry that the actor who portrays poseidon is the son of the actress who portrays Professor McGonagall. No way. Yes. Fandoms collide yet again. And she also talked about how it was difficult to see in the dark scenes uh, because it, it was for us too. It was for us too. So for those of you who do watch... Percy Jackson, in the daylight, know that we feel your pain. Well, thank you so much for everyone who called in. For those of you who want to call in for the finale, the final episode, you can do that by going to maryandblake.com and click the upper right-hand corner for Contact Us, and you can use the Speak Pipe feature. You can also send us an email. Media at gmail.com. You can either write us your response or send us a recording of the voicemail there as well. We want to get as many listener feedbacks as possible, as for next episode is going to be the final coverage of the first season of Percy Jackson. Exactly. All right, buddy. It's time for the mere mortal theory of the week. All right. Let's see. Oh, I don't even know. Mm. I'm trying to, like, pull up the the voice Hi. the voice sound. Here we go. My mere mortal theory of the week. Oh, gosh. I don't even know what ocean they're on. Um, Maybe the um, coast of uh, the
5: Atlantic or the Pacific?
2: Well, yeah. It's got to be one of those. At least I'd hope so. I hope they're not, like, in a different ocean. My mere mortal theory of the week is that we saw Percy against Ares. Obviously, we know that there's going to be an epic fight. Um, I think Percy is going to find the helm and return it to Hades and get his mother. I do believe he's going to be able to do that. I I do think he's going to be able to see Poseidon. I think the time is right for him to see his dad finally. I don't think Sally is going to see Poseidon. However, that's my mere mortal theory of the week that Percy will see him but that Sally won't, and that will find the helm, and all will be well, because that's how I like things to end out for different shows. I like happy endings. We want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Percy Jackson Prophecy with myself and Reese. If you have not yet shared this episode, you can do that. You can tell a friend. You can tell another classmate. Another way you can do it is if you are on social media, to take a screenshot of the podcast and share it in your stories, Instagram stories, let people know about it in a Facebook post and include the link so that they can tune in and listen, sharing the Via uh recommendation or word of mouth truly is the best way for other people to learn about the podcast and this being reese's first podcast that you've co-hosted it's been such a big deal buddy how do you feel with there being just one episode left shocking (laughs) shocking why it's just like all of it it's just too it's going too fast i'm like i cannot keep up i know the finale is almost here. So we're really excited to delve into it. And like we talked about before, we'll be also going over the books after this TV season has ended. Until next time, Half-Bloods, I'm Mary Larson. My name is Reese. And remember, hold fast and break the storm.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.